Life, Life according, according to, to Nona. Let's vibe. <laughs> In celebration of the 10th birthday of Mobile Money, MTN Eswatini is giving you a chance to win one of two Nissan NP200 parkies with MTN Momo. How do you qualify to enter? You do this following easy steps. 1. You SMS Momo 10 to 7000 to join. 2. You send Momo of 200 Malangini or more to qualify. Let me repeat. Step 1. You can SMS Momo 10 to 7000 to join. And then step two, you send mobile money worth 200 malangeni or more to qualify. Send as many times to increase your chances of winning. We are in this together. MTN, everywhere you go. Hi, this is Nono. Thank you for choosing the According to Nono podcast. It's a pleasure and an honor to keep you entertained. Please leave a comment, feedback, or a review for every episode you've listened to. We would like to know exactly the type of content and conversations that keep your lights on. Now, please follow us on social media as well at According to Nono Pod, both on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you. Hi guys, welcome to yet another episode of the According to Nano podcast. My name is Nautilene Lengambule and this is season 3, episode 6. Thank you for joining me. Now, I know that I was on a little bit of a hiatus, but um, I've been adjusting to my new job and balancing that with all the other commitments and jobs and things that I already was doing on the side. Um... If my voice sounds funny, that's because my tonsils flared up. I think it's my body's way of saying, slow down. No, no, slow down. Um, pay attention to me and slow down. So I'm trying to listen and um, I'm trying to see how better to take care of myself, um, which ties into what I want to talk to you guys about today. Um, today, I want to talk to you guys about workplace ptsd let me say that again workplace post-traumatic disorder syndrome what am i talking about i'm talking about having worked in spaces or platforms that have um informed your outlook and perspective and have altered your expectations when it comes to workplace treatment or your rights as an employee or how a workplace that is conducive and efficient should be and you only realize that when you change jobs or you change industries or you change locations or you talk to other people openly um, about it and i've been having these conversations with like different people um and i joined a space last week that mandla and a couple of people did on on twitter um I did join late, but it really was just about like workplace issues and people raising the issues that they had. And it seemed like a lot of the issues are quite similar. Um, and it is a small country, so I'm guessing there is a work culture that is particularly Swazi that isn't serving um, employees very well or young people very well. 
and then um just yesterday i was having a conversation with a friend of mine that i used to work with and that's when i brought up the term of workplace ptsd and it's a real thing and it is a bit of a mindfuck uh, because you you it really a terrible work environment really truly alters your thinking in such a way that you don't even see yourself adapt to very toxic um tendencies and behaviors just to survive until you are out of it or until you talk to somebody and they are like you do realize that that isn't healthy like operating like that isn't healthy and you kind of have to be like well initially or defensive that i would never allow myself to be treated like that but then you look at the evidence and it's there's empirical evidence that you have indeed allowed yourself to be treated that way and now you've got to do something about it so it's it, it is real and um i always i always hate having to tell somebody that well you know it seems like a significant percentage of the companies and organizations in the country have a very toxic work environment it becomes very grim and defeating um, to tell someone that chances of them ever getting a workplace environment that is healthy are slim and that the different avenues that they could potentially employ to get themselves better treatment uh, will most likely victimize them um, in the future. So it is rather just swallow the rocks or quit and just have to make peace with the, um, the consequences of not being able to provide for your needs or for your family's needs. And this is what I meant when I tweeted that it's not so much that people do not realize over some time that this treatment is not correct it's not right it's not even legal it's the being cognizant of the fact that in as much as they are legal on paper black and white ways that policies that people feel like oh these are there to protect you but the truth of the matter is um fighting it that way most of the time will end up victimizing you and it is a very timely process that requires a lot of strength and by the time you get to a point where you want to fight certain things it's because you're already exhausted so the idea that you have to somehow summon some more strength to go and fight for what is rightfully yours is incredibly incredibly um defeating nobody wants to live a war type uh life and because it's such a small country and there's the references um letters and references in your cv part of it it really becomes a thing of only the tough survive and you've you have to be tough unless you have another type of plan to fall back on but if you're going to participate in the job market in the country you have to be willing to take a couple of knocks here and there or knocks every single day and nobody nobody should be living like that what what hurts um for me the most is the idea that young people are participating in the culture of abusing subordinates of abusing fellow colleagues because you can complain and say that this is how the baby boomer generation was doing it this is how the older people were doing it but when you have people in their 20s who have worked hard to get into managerial positions now being the perpetrators of workplace toxicity it is incredibly 
incredibly defeating once again because it's like we are not phasing out the mindset we are phasing out people but the mindset remains as if they are the very structures that um, success for businesses and organizations in the country depend on and then there's an element of women where for most people their most unpleasant experiences in the workplace have always been um, with a woman especially woman to woman and i cannot rationalize nor justify in my own head how you as a woman knowing what you've had to go through and the the hoops that you've had to jump through and and the the impossible challenges that just you're presented with purely solely because you happen to be born with a vagina and then you turn around and try to make it that more difficult for the next person is i cannot i cannot fathom how that makes any sense i mean i think i'm not sure what i was doing but i think there's a show that i was watching and they were talking about the whole um the sisterhood in the in the workplace and which i have problems of my own with that phrasing but let me get this one point out first and that is um women in the workplace feeling like they have to be meaner and harder to other women in the workplace uh, so that they are preparing them for what it's like in real life quote-unquote real life um that chances are because they're women they're gonna have to put up with this and they have to be stronger and they have to have a thicker skin so i'm gonna be mean to you so that it doesn't hurt or break you when the men come and start doing things like that to you and in my honest opinion that is that is a lazy way of trying to phase out a mindset they are way more um productive and efficient ways to do it my problems with the sisterhood um, in the workplace uh, terminology is it gives the insinuation that um, we need a we need to hold each other's hands and we need extreme level of support and encouragement for us to succeed in the workplace as women that you can't just succeed purely from the from the basis of you being good at what you do. Um, just because we're women, we're, we are women in the workplace, we can't disagree. Um, because you're a woman, I have to support your ideas in the workplace. Because you're a woman, I have to treat you differently. And we're supposed to hold hands and never ever show any kind of negative or not so positive reactions to anything that we do amongst each other. I personally don't like that kind of um, mindset because women are not a monolith. We are not just some monolithic black cloud just zooming through workspaces. We are individuals. We agree sometimes, we disagree sometimes. And we are people that come with our own different beliefs, different perspectives, different life, different backgrounds. and we just can't be combining purely because we are women um I've, and especially in the workplace where it's you it's based on your own professionalism and your own efficiency in making sure that you achieve your kpis for your space so that the sisterhood in the workplace thing is that's the thing that i that's the part of it that i just have a problem with and it just could be semantics on my part but um i mean personally i've had one of the worst workplace experiences have been a woman um and for me at the time i wasn't looking at it like oh i'm so disappointed that a woman is the reason why working in this place really really sucks but it's it was just i cannot believe that um another african has decided um another black woman has decided to make this place horrible 
for other black women to work in. It was the blackness for me. It was the Africanness for me because of the nature of the space we're working with. And it was giving in-house and on the field slave vibes for me. And there was no basis for this person to make anything difficult for anybody. I mean, hindsight is 2020, and after realizing that this person wasn't happy with themselves, for me, it still does not excuse that because how many of us have woken up knowing we feel like trash, knowing that things are falling apart in our personal lives? How many of us have had to plaster up that broken heart and go to work because either you're at work or not, your life is falling apart, your heart is broken, you've lost somebody? How many of us have had to do that? And then when you get to the workplace, you just try to adjust until it's time to clock out. And none of us ever feel like, no, I'm just going to go and make things miserable for everybody because I'm miserable. And if all of us have had the ability, at the very, at the very least, if all of us had the idea to say, I'm clocking into work, my problems are not their problems, what is so difficult that she couldn't? Um, have that same conversation with herself before leaving her house to say these are personal problems and nobody else um, has nobody else has to suffer and the idea that you're the only person who has problems is maybe quite the problem here so I, I, I don't know what the statistics say in terms of who's more problematic in the workplace what's mine is that I just cannot believe that we have younger people we have the youth, uh, people in their 20s and 30s who are still holding the mantle, who are still holding on to this ancient, unrealistic, harmful, toxic work environment. And they want to do the most in terms of motivation and mentorship. And it's like, what could I possibly get from a mentorship with a mean girl or a mean boy? is that what could you possibly teach me? What could I possibly retain when you are giving it to me with that energy? And I think it hurts for me because I'm, I love the youth and I think the youth are the engine of the future. So it kind of just makes me feel icky when I see what I consider to be the engine of the future operating under ideals and systems that really had no place back then and are clearly, clearly ill-advised and ridiculous and ludicrous at this particular juncture. So if it is you who are in a managerial position, you are a supervisor of some sort, you lead people in the workplace, please, man, please, don't, don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Don't be that manager. Don't be the reason people are in therapy. Don't be the reason people are taking antidepressants. Don't be the reason people are on anti-anxiety medications. Don't be the reason why people are not eating. Don't be the reason why um, people are committing suicide or have suicidal ideation. Don't be the reason why somebody is quitting a job that they need just to stay at home and starve because the idea of being in your workspace is so incredibly, incredibly brutal that they would just rather starve than subject themselves to your treatment. And you are going on about your life, feeling all good and dandy and thinking you're doing it well because people are terrified at the sight of you or at the sound of you. That is not leadership. Leadership is when people have problems or face challenges with their work task. They think, 
come to you and not one from me. They think of coming to you first because they know the chances of coming with the solutions and some guidance are better than being shouted at or belittled or humiliated. So please, I am literally begging here, begging. Treat your subordinates, your junior staff, and your colleagues with respect, kindness, consideration, humanity. It really, really won't take much from you, but it is important. Thank you. See, stress is God's way of training you. It's, pre it's preparation. But what most people do is, see, once you get stressed, you don't want that no more. So now you give up. You threw. I'm stressed, so I don't want it. Nobody likes stress because some people just let themselves go. But you got to, in order to develop and to change and to grow, stress is necessary. See, you got to be willing to go get it every day. There's a story my father told me all the time. Now, I've heard it several different ways, but I'm just telling you the way my daddy gave it to me. He said, son, he said, every morning on the plains of the eastern Serengeti Desert, there arises a gazelle that realizes that he was run faster than the fastest lion, or he will be eaten and he will die that day. On that same desert, arises in the morning a lion that realizes that he must run faster than the fastest gazelle or he will starve and he will die that day. He say, son, the moral of the story is no matter who you is, when you wake up in the morning, you needs to be running. No matter, and he said, no matter who you is. And so what he taught me was a work ethic. Of, of how to work in order to get to where you want to go. You got to put yourself under some stress, though. See, stress is necessary. God is a trainer. This is what I done learned about. See, I'm a seed. I really am. I, see, but a seed has to be planted. A seed got to have dirt put on top of it. If you take a seed and throw it on the concrete and walk off, the sun just burn it up. But guess what? Logically, in my mind, it doesn't make sense that to grow something, you should dig a hole, put it down in there, and cover it with dirt. Logically, that don't make no sense to me. But hold oh, on. See, dirt is necessary for growth and development. Dirt builds character. Dirt, dirt gives you the push-through factor. Dirt makes you come with it when you don't feel like coming with it no more. And you get dirt in a lot of different ways. All of y'all that had dirt thrown on you. And dirt ain't always what you want. It's somebody talking about you down on your job. It's somebody accusing you of something that you didn't do. It's somebody telling you you ain't gonna make it. It's somebody sharing information about you that ain't true. That everybody get dirt put on them. But see, when you're getting put under that stress, please know God is always working. Kirk Franklin's song, God is always working, so I smile. Because I know he back there. See, that dirt builds character in you. When they talking about you, it teaches you to withstand it. Then it gives you something to push through. So when you put the seed and you put the dirt on it, if you understand stress, stress really ain't just dirt. 
stress. See, they don't call it dirt when they plant it. They call it soil. Because, see, soil has nutrients in it. What the nutrients, when people talking about you, dogging you, lying on you, backbiting, stealing from you, talking about you, they're actually putting nutrients in you. They're building character. You got character now. Cause now and now the seed, if they put a camera under the ground, you'd have seen the seed sprout open and start coming through the dirt because the dirt is necessary so you can prove yourself. You know, if you don't really want to be, everything you see above ground that blossoms and plants and grows and that's beautiful, it was underground one time. All them potatoes, collard greens, they was underground one time. Them apple trees, they was underground one time. So they had to prove themselves. See, you want to be successful, well then you got to prove yourself. You got to push through the dirt. You got to come up through here. You got to come out. Then you sprout and then bishops say, then you become a tree. Next thing you know, you got fruit. So when you under stress, take the stress for what it is. Don't get fooled. Don't just think, I don't man, Lord must not mean for it to be. What you tripping for? What you talking about? How you think you're going to be a plant, a tree, a flower, a bush, and ain't no stress? How you going to get to be that without no dirt? I expect people to talk about me. Matter of fact, I look forward to it now. Do your thing, because if I can weather what happened to me and my family earlier, you can bring whatever you got now. There's some more stuff going around now that's about to happen. Bring it. Because now I have developed a character that is stress. I have soil, enough dirt on me that has provided me with nutrients. When I left college, I flunked out of college after three years. When I worked at Ford Motor Company, one of the last jobs I had because of the layoffs was they put me in the foundry. I learned a valuable lesson in the foundry because I used to be a foundry worker at Ford Motor Company. I'm now a spokesperson for Ford. Let me tell you how the flip went. A lot of people don't know, but in the foundry, they was making engine blocks. Engine blocks start with scrap metal. See, people, you think old cars just go away. No, they go to junkyards. Companies take this scrap metal and they melt the metal down. But it starts with scrap. They run it through a furnace, and when it gets in the furnace, they liquefy the metal. Then they take this metal and they pour it into a mold. This mold is the engine block. But when you pour it in there, it's just hot. It's just hot. It ain't nothing. And you think that you can't do nothing with that. But then something comes along and gets a hold of it. Something comes and gets a hold of it. It takes this hot piece of mess that was scrap. It lifts it. It dips it. It cools it. It refinishes it, it hardens it, and then it puts it on a conveyor belt. When it come out the conveyor belt, my job was to hit it with a sludge hammer and knock the loose flashing out. That's empty, extra metal on it. And then you have an engine block. The basic of any engine is the block. You got a cracked block, you can throw that engine away. It don't work. But the block starts from scrap metal. 
This really how God do it though. See, God takes scrap. All engine blocks is scrap. He takes scrap. He molded. He poured into it. Then he come out, he cool it. He shaped and he started putting stuff on it. He started attaching pieces to it. He put a manifold on it. He put the rocker arm on it. He put the exhaust on it. He put spark plugs on it. He put a carburetor on it. He put a fan belt, water pump, and he take it and he put it in a car. But all of it started when it was a piece of scrap metal, man. What we cannot do as Christians is just cause we the car now. You can't look at the dude that's in the furnace that's got that's just wet liquid. That's a hot mess. You can't look back at the scrap pile and go, they just scraps, man. Because what you understand is you got to have that scrap so you can make a block. So God can put stuff on it. So when you put it on it, you can be a car one day. I just want everybody to let everybody be a block, man. Let them be a hot mess in a furnace. Let them be a scrap, man. You ain't got nothing to do with that. That's God right there, man. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all.